0: frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown american drink go to grown american superfood.com forward slash john and order today
1: what makes a life a good one is it the adventure you have or the friends you find along the way maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect defend and save what you believe in every single day so, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more.
2: This is the John Fuglesang Podcast.
0: This is SiriusXM Progress. Welcome to it. Thank you, Dean Obadala, for the excellent lead-in, as you always give us. We are very lucky to have the kind of guests we have on this show. Uh, We miss the ones we've lost, but we have great ones coming up. And tonight we have three of our favorites. Bob Seska will be here to talk all things politics. Brian Carroll will be here to talk all things politics. And comedy daddy Keith Price will be here at hour number three. But as always, our most important guest is all y'all. We're at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. This is fitting because we had all female guests Monday. We had all female guests Tuesday. And tonight's all men. So, Let's get through it. Uh, We're really, really glad you're with us tonight. It's going to be a lot to cover. We have so much going on in the news. Chris Houseelt is our executive producer. He's running this thing out of South Carolina. The mighty Thea Harper is our producer in Brooklyn. And I got to say this, uh, it's Thea's last night for a while. She is going on a very, very well-deserved vacation after today. How, How long is she getting away from us for, Chris? I'm really happy for her. She doesn't have to talk to us for days. Is it just for like a? Uh, it, it's like for like a six day weekend, right? She's getting 30, a real break from us. Thirty two years. That's like, ooh, very nice. Happy for Thea to get thirty two years off from us. It's like, nope, she's gone like half this week and half of next week. She's really going right. to be. She's going to heal. I mean, she'll be back this time next week. She doesn't have to talk to us for like seven whole days, Chris. That's yeah. healing time. That's like the yeah. stones going to Switzerland and getting their blood changed. Well done, Thea. So if you call tonight at 866-997-4748 and you get to talk to Miss Harper, wish her a good vacation, but don't waste her time with your small talk. She's not going to give you her number. You, you you, creeps know who I'm talking to. Y'all know. Okay, we have a lot, and I mean a lot to get to. Uh, it's been a crazy one. Donald Trump's trial date for the criminal case filed against him in New York has been set to begin March 25th of 2024, and Trump must be Present, He has been prohibited from scheduling anything that could conflict with the trial. Super Tuesday is March 5th. (laughs) 20 days later, Donald Trump is going to be sitting in a courtroom. And uh, I think it's going to get a little bit of press attention. We are at 866-997-4748. So much in the headlines today. how How do you even begin on a day like this? Bob Dylan is 82 years old. Park rangers at Yellowstone were forced to euthanize a baby bison after a park visitor interfered with the baby bison and touched it, and it was then rejected by the herd. Well done. A new UCLA study suggests that smoking cannabis is not as deadly as smoking tobacco and will not cause COPD in users and Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton who is under investigation for misconduct of his own in the Texas House called for the resignation of the House Speaker who's also a Republican for being like heavily intoxicated while at work if you, Chris you saw the clip this guy i mean on a scale from drunk to kennedy it, it was for republicans to turn their back on their own it's something more than just that and of course we're going towards a holiday weekend and debt limit talks remain at a complete impasse. All those sources in the White House now believe Kevin McCarthy will need at least 100 Democrats in the House to vote for any of his plans to succeed. They're making it easy on this old man, Biden. Got to tell you. Oh, and CNN just announced their next presidential town hall will feature Nikki Haley, June 4th in Iowa. Write that down. Write that down. You're going to have something else to do that night. So write it down. <laughs> I can't wait to see what that does for their ratings. All right, so we have a lot to get to tonight. Let's do a show. How do we say farewell to a woman who owned her pain and trauma and used it as a means to help change the world? That's the words of Angela Bassett today after we lost Tina Turner, the queen, the 12-time Grammy winner, one of the best-selling female artists in the history of recorded music, She left us at her home in Switzerland at the age of 83. The cause of her death has not been released yet, but she's had a lot of health problems. She was struggling with intestinal cancer for a while. She had a kidney transplant about six years ago. Mick Jagger said, I'm so saddened by the passing of my wonderful friend Tina Turner. She was truly an enormously talented performer and singer. She was inspiring, warm, funny, and generous. She helped me so much when I was young, and I will never forget her. Did you guys get to see Tina Turner live? I I mean... As you went through the day, as you heard the news that another music icon we've grown up with has left us, how many songs went through your head? Proud Mary, River Deep, Mountain High, Nutbush City Limits, What's Love Got to Do With It, We Don't Need Another Hero, her cover of Al Green's Let's Stay Together. Private Dancer. Private Dancer, of course. Well, that, that's what you play uh, for your workout, I know, Chris. You know, I, I got to see Tina. I never got to see a full concert, but she did a VH1 award show with us, and uh, she sang GoldenEye, the song that Bono and Edge wrote for her for the Bond movie, and she came out with Elton and did a duet of the bitches back. I posted the video earlier, but I can't describe to you what it was like, I was the kid in my 20s, to be in the room when Elton's playing, and she walks on stage halfway through the song, and the crowd just exploded in joy. Because that's the magic she had. She was voted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1991 alongside Ike Turner. She was voted in by herself in 2021, honored at the Kennedy Center in 2005. Beyoncé and Oprah were both there praising her. Uh, She was the subject of a movie with Angela Bassett that got a bunch of Oscar nominations, a Broadway musical, and that HBO documentary that came out during the pandemic that she called her Public Farewell. You know the bio, she was born Anna Bullock in Brownsville, Tennessee in 1939. Few artists of the 60s and 70s adapted better than Tina Turner to MTV. I mean, think about it. Of all the artists in the classic rock era and the 1970s era, who, who soared in music videos? I would say uh, Bowie and the Stones and Tina Turner. She might be one of the only American rock acts from the 60s that did great in the era of music video. Think about better be good to me and what's love got to do with it and the best and her hair and she was synonymous with MTV. She played with everyone. She could sing anything and she was a hero and not just because she was one of the greatest performers of all time because she had a hard life and she was authentic about it and that's what I want to talk about authenticity and fakeness. Now, Tina Turner told Rolling Stone a few years ago that her mother didn't love her. She told Oprah that her mother never believed in her. She said she never wanted this child, and when this child grew up to be successful and creative, she didn't accept it because it was something she didn't want. She met Ike Turner in the 50s. They opened for the Rolling Stones in 66 and 69. And, of course, her abuse at the hands of Ike Turner has been very well documented over the years. She first revealed it in an interview with People magazine 42 years ago. And she talked about how he forced her to visit a brothel the night they got married. How he beat her so hard, it almost broke her jaw, almost broke her nose. He poured scalding coffee on her face. She said in her memoir that Ike began hitting her, not long after they met. He could be provoked by anything, by anyone. He, he would choke her. He beat her until her eyes were swollen shut. He raped her. He once broke her jaw and she went on stage with her mouth full of blood. And they toured constantly for years because Ike was bad with money. And Tina was forced to go on stage with bronchitis... He forced her to go on stage with a collapsed right lung. He forced her to go on stage when she had pneumonia. She was physically battered by this man, emotionally scarred by this man. She was financially ruined by this man and the 20-year relationship they had. And when she got out, uh, I mean, she was finished by the end of the 70s. Her first solo album flopped. She was playing cabarets, couldn't play big rooms. She was 40. She was desperate for work. She even at one point agreed to tour in South Africa when everybody else was boycotting South Africa because of apartheid. And as you know, if you saw the movie or read her book, she found Buddhism in the mid-70s. That gave her the strength to finally leave Ike in 1976. And then she became a superstar on her own. I mean, when most of her peers were on their way down, she stayed a top concert draw for decades after. And in this documentary HBO did a couple years ago about her life in 2021, it's really worth seeing. She said it wasn't a good life. The good did not balance the bad. I had an abusive life. There's no other way to tell the story. It's a reality. It's a truth. That's what you've got, so you have to accept it. And she lost her firstborn son to suicide in 2018. But, you know, she was the first famous woman I ever heard as a young boy to speak candidly and fearlessly about domestic violence she became a hero to so many women and so many men who give a shit about battered women she became a symbol of resilience and she found love again her second husband former EMI record executive Erwin Bach they were together for decades and she actually was so in love with them they were so close she got a kidney transplant from her second husband she found the love she deserved in her life and look There's not much eulogizing I can do for Tina Turner except to mention, when she died this afternoon, I took a look at what was trending on Twitter, Um, all day long, all day long in the top 20 trending topics. Tina Turner. Here's what here's what trended on Twitter just this afternoon. Tina Turner was number one all day. What's love got to do with it? Trended. Private dancer was trending. Angela Bassett was trending. Proud Mary. We don't need another hero. All day long, the word icon was trending for her. Thunderdome was trending for her. Better be good to me. Rest in power. Bartertown, which was the hippest thing trending all day. If you saw Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, she played the woman who ran Bartertown. And of course, Anime. She defined authenticity in a way that we had never seen. And she managed to keep on making great music, to thrill audiences, and to inspire more people than she could ever possibly know. And then, on the other end of the moral spectrum, we got Ron DeSantis. Doughy McPudding Fingers. Lil D. The Scott Walker of Rick Perry's. The Boy Who Cried Woke and Got Crushed by a Mouse. The man behind Uncritical of Racist Theory. The man who promises he will never allow the children of racists to feel bad for five minutes because someone taught them about racism. Ron DeSantis, who looks like he just stole Pee Wee Herman's bike. A man who wears high heels but really hates drag queens. Ron DeSantis, who walks into Florida pet salons and screams, you're all groomers. Let's talk about Ron shall we? Just a minute. He's still the highest polling candidate in the GOP field not named Trump. And he's behind Trump by at least 30 points in the latest 538 average. Ron DeSantis filed his paperwork to run for president today. To the surprise of no one, we've known it was coming all along. And tonight, he thought it would be a swell idea to kick off his campaign, not on TV, not in a rally, but on Twitter. Not on video, but in their audio platform, Twitter Spaces. You know Twitter Spaces, right? You spend a lot of time there? You go you go to Twitter Spaces a lot these days? Um... No Florida politician has ever been elected president. And Ron DeSantis decided he would try to be the first ever Florida politician to become president by announcing his campaign on a conference call. Audio only, bros. Audio only. And, of course, he had Elon to help him. The man who helped wreck rocket ships, the man who helped wreck Tesla, and the man who helped wreck Twitter came along to help wreck the last big presidential announcement of the 2024 season. Billionaire right-wing activist Elon Musk, the man who turned that site into a haven for far-right conspiracy theorists and all manner of racists who didn't get to grow up in apartheid South Africa like Elmo. I mean, can I just, can I can I go up on Elon for a second? This guy reinstated tons of racists for lying uh, all these accounts that were banned For violating Twitter's rules He mocks transgender and non-binary people He has so much disdain and contempt For public health officials Axios said Elon Musk has displaced Rupert Murdoch and Fox News As the king of conservative media And he's earned it He's emboldened white nationalists He's thrilled anti-Semites January 6th defendants He's tweeted anti-Semitic shit about George Soros Sometime go through his replies on the site And you will see how much time he spends Responding positively to far-right racists. We just found out the Daily Wire, you know the Daily Wire, that's the gutter of incel boy child fascist Ben Shapiro, Mike Knowles and Matt Walsh. They just announced they're going to bring all their podcasts on video to Twitter next week. Ooh, it's, it, Imagine if 4chan had a basement and the basement was flooded with raw sewage and it went up to about, about six feet high. That's, that's Daily Wire. Elon is turning Twitter into a right-wing media hub. He's an apartheid nepo-baby. But it, it's a match made in heaven. Ron DeSantis is cruel to other people's transgender children. And Elon Musk won't speak to his own transgender child. They're anti-woke folks. They're so not woke. They're comatose. Ron DeSantis' team has had all these really tightly controlled events. You know, when he was running for governor last year and so far because he's not really good with the charisma. So they've really controlled the events. Not tonight. Did you listen? Were you like me trying to listen? Half a million people started out trying to listen, but the actual number of listeners by the time it started was less than 200,000. And you missed nothing. I, I gave up. I, I I was there for like half an hour and I gave up. But it was Ron reading off a piece of paper, ranting about his culture war, jihads. He called the NAACP a left-wing organization. Great way to reach out to swing states. And he was boring, really boring. And this was billed. As, like, the real shift from the television era of American politics. And Twitter crashed over half a million users. TV doesn't have that. And the worst part about it all is how happy it made Donald Trump. So, after about 25 minutes of embarrassing technical glitches and ruthless mocking from other politicians, including Donald Trump Jr., DeSantis finally managed to make his White House run official. Can we, Chris, do you have that clip I sent you of just some of the highlights of, uh, of, of this and Elon? Uh, and as they all tried to make make it work, it, it's almost like firing two thirds of your workforce doesn't help the product. Can you play a little bit of this? Here's what you missed.
3: Uh, there's three hundred eighty two thousand people online. All right, great. So let's see. So keep crashing, huh? Yeah, I think we've got a, just a massive number of people online, so it's um, servers are straining somewhat.
0: That's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's what it was. Folks, this made you long. Okay. (laughs) That was Elon sighing. Uh, Did this make you long for the presentational value of Donald Trump coming down an escalator? Elon at one point said, well, you broke the internet because you're so popular. No, he didn't break the internet because he's popular. This happened because Elon Musk is very bad at his job. And then DeSantis goes, I am running for president of the United States to lead our great American comeback. Our great America. that's it. We waited half an hour to hear a glorified reworking of MAGA. And he kept trying to weave in his biography through it. But, I mean, he was reading from prepared remarks. And and what I found fascinating about it, and that's saying a lot, was how hard he tried to attack Donald Trump without ever attacking Donald Trump. The weaseliness of this. The weaseliness of this. He made an age contrast with Biden and with Trump. Um, Didn't mention his name. At one point, he said, government is not entertainment. It's not about building a brand. Didn't mention Trump's name. Another time, he said, you know, policy promises are worthless if Republicans keep losing. Didn't mention Trump's name. He said, government isn't about entertainment. Still couldn't say his name. I don't know which lobbyist, which strategist told Ron DeSantis the way to connect with regular Americans. Is to do a a campaign launch on Twitter where Elon Musk gets top billing and it's audio only. I I, I, I just, I just. And who is Ron DeSantis? The best part about him announcing now is that the entire world gets to know his resume. And I mean his whole resume. Like back when he was a Navy lawyer and he was advocating for torture of Guantanamo prisoners by force feeding them through their nose. That's torture, according to the U.N. Commission on Human Rights. Ron DeSantis thought it was great. Uh, Let's see him get called out on it. He, as a congressman, how many times did he vote to gut Social Security and Medicare? I mean, the programs that let grandma not eat cat food and retire with dignity. He tried to repeal the ACA. He voted for Trump's corporate tax handouts. Florida gun crime went up 20% his first year in office. And you know what his response to that is? Permitless concealed carry for every lunatic. No training, no permit. Here's your gun. Go be in public. He banned mask mandates at public schools at the height of COVID when close to 70,000 Floridians had already died because he wanted to show how tough he was on viruses. And of course, it's an all-out war on freedom of speech. The Don't Say Gay bill to address the problem of grooming of children when the overwhelming majority of pedophiles are heterosexual identified men. Uh, He had the Stop WOKE Act, which is the White Fragility Act, restricting how race can be discussed in schools and colleges trying to get rid of ap african-american studies he tried to require all female athletes in florida to have to submit their menstrual histories to root out trans kids who might want to play sports i mean how creepy and i don't want to be mean to the guy he he, he just you know tried a twitter space launch <laughs> and again it didn't work because musk fired everybody and the format's horrible and no one uses twitter spaces so who could have seen it coming right uh, DeSantis has gone after Floridians freedom to control their own bodies, whether it's a woman who wants to terminate a pregnancy. They banned abortion after six weeks before many women would know they're pregnant. If you were the victim of rape or incest, if your dad got you pregnant, you have to show proof. You have to show proof like a police report because you call them on your dad to terminate your sibling child. And of course, they have banned life saving gender affirming care for minors purged public libraries and school classrooms of books predominantly discussing the experiences of LGBT and black and brown people, fired tons of school teachers and administrators throughout the state, signed a law that lets doctors and insurers deny any health care service on religious grounds, which could let providers turn away gay people or people with disabilities or single moms because you pretend your religion tells you to do that. He signed bills to expand his authority to ship migrants out of the state to other worker locations through the Northeast. He's descended from Italian immigrants who flooded Ellis Island in the early 20th century because they wanted safe haven and a better life for their family. By the way, Rick Wilson tweeted, This is also the week we learned Ron DeSantis is diverting state pension and investment funds into private equity firms that, wait for it, donate to his campaign. (laughs) He's attacked the freedom of workers to organize. He signed a law to weaken unions. And then there's the war on freaking Disney. And it's only happened because they have free speech and they criticize the Don't Say Gay Law. And said they'd stop donating campaign cash. And he went at war. Now it's put $17 billion of planned investment in the state of Florida at risk. Last week they killed this project that would have brought 2,000 six-figure jobs to Florida. And so DeSantis tried to take over their municipal district. Replace its governing boards with his little flunkies. People who donate to him. Homophobic douchebags. This is a man who voted three times to raise Social Security's retirement age. He voted to cut the cost of living adjustments for Social Security recipients. He voted six times to turn Medicare into a voucher system. He voted six times to raise the eligibility age for Medicare, voted twice to cut funding, and he can't stop pushing Vladimir Putin talking points because he's Republican. He doesn't care about democracy or freedom or imperialism or the slaughter of children. So you can understand why both DeSantis and Musk would want to do an appearance together. They both want to stand next to a guy that could make them appear likable. Hey, Ron, at least he'll get that free hour on CNN. Matt Gertz tweeted, What's crystal clear is if you're an advisor in business with Twitter... You're in the Elon Musk business, and soon you'll be in the Daily Wire business, the Tucker Carlson business, and the Ron DeSantis business as well. And Ron DeSantis' business is showing the world he ain't ready for primetime. But you know what? Since we mentioned all the topics that trended because Tina Turner left us, did you happen to notice all the topics that trended because of Ron DeSantis' announcement? Hashtag disaster, tiny D, failure to launch, that was trending all night, crashed, and dark Brandon. Why? Because Joe Biden totally mocked the Twitter Spaces meltdown and used it to raise campaign cash for himself. He tweeted a link to donate to his campaign and all he wrote was, this link works. So good luck, Ron. Look, I think it's very impressive that a Florida Republican governor super PAC could raise $100 million to defeat Donald Trump. But hey, that's exactly what Jeb Bush did seven years ago. The rest is history. We give the baton of Florida loser to you, Rhonda. We want to know what you guys think. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. We got to hit a break, right, Chris? Mr. Seska's waiting in the wings. Uh, if you're on hold, stay there. We're going to get to your call right after this break when we're joined by the great Bob Seska. I, I was just going to list all the shitty things about Rhonda Santas. I didn't know it would take 20 minutes to do it. Quite a list. Joe Biden's going to be able to run for re-election in his slippers.
5: Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey
6: everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker or wherever you get your podcasts on, because, you know, I love it when you do.
0: This is serious. XM Progress. I'm John saying. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, Ron DeSantis is taking his victory lap on Fox News, coming down from his thrilling announcement on Twitter uh, to sit down with Trey Gowdy on a special that is being called Ambien. Ambien, my God. Trey Gowdy talking to Ron DeSantis. What a summit. Trey Gowdy just said, Governor, you represent a state surrounded by oceans. No, he doesn't. My God, I need someone smarter than me to cock me up a ledge. And that's why we have the great Bob Seska, host of the Bob Seska show. Maybe you fell in love with Bob with his appearances on Stephanie Miller. Maybe it was his columns at the Daily Banter or Salon dot com. We are thrilled to have him every hump day evening. Mr. Seska does one of the best podcasts about music and politics you can listen to. Bob, welcome back.
3: I'm just now uh, waking up from my nap during the Twitter spaces thing with Ron DeSantis. That was fun. Yeah. First of all, what what the hell is Twitter spaces? I think that's (laughs) what the entire world is asking right now. It's something less popular than fleets. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea what it is. It seems like something along the lines of some kind of streaming phone conversation that doesn't work. Is yeah, that what it's sort it is? of like a
0: it's it's like a meeting place. People have meetings on Twitter places like fan clubs and stuff. And uh, right. and, and, you know, they'll do announcements and stuff like that. But, yeah, much better uh, than, you know, on TV with cameras uh, or a, a rally with an audience. Much better to just have Elon Musk sounding very bored in the background the entire
3: time. <sighs> that's great. I've been working on an Elon Musk, and that's way better than anything I've come I'm up with. Yeah, apartheid I, I, I nepo think,
0: baby, apartheid nepo, baby. There we go.
3: <laughs> i yeah you know, i think they run twitter spaces using that that bag of phone that radar had on mash you know the one that had like a early cell phone yes. i don't know what the hell that was but yeah, yeah they that do seems but, to e,
0: but but back. elon fired the last 20 people who knew how it works so it was delayed a little bit but yeah uh i mean you know you, you buy a ticket to a shit show don't be surprised when you sit through a shit show um donald trump is really happy about this and it's I don't think Donald Trump's been very happy much for the last two weeks, Pop. No, I mean, DeSantis' game seems to be he's not going to compete with Trump. He's just going to try to outlast him.
3: Yeah, and, you know, Donald Trump hasn't been very happy lately, and that makes me very happy. Because, as you know, I, I'm really into the idea of Donald Trump being unhappy and stressed out and losing yes. sleep and yes. having to focus on all of the all of the reasons why he could end up in prison within the next year or two. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. And there's lots yeah. of examples of that. And And uh, Ron DeSantis obviously is proving what I've been saying for the last couple of years, I I actually want to thank Ron DeSantis for vindicating everything I've been forecasting since, uh, 2021, which is that, which is that Ron DeSantis will crumble on the national stage, which (laughs) he has. And yeah, he just doesn't have the heft. I mean, he, it may work in Florida and that's fine. It's not, not fine for things like freedom and liberty and wanting to live the way you want to live. But, um, When he hits the national stage, which we're seeing now, it's just all falling apart. And he just he has no charisma. He has no heft. There's nothing there that I think a national campaign can uh, latch on to other than the demagoguery and awfulness that we've seen him do in Florida. But that's only going to go so far
0: yeah i mean trying to be trump light uh without any significant distinction from trump i think the only significant policy distinction is that desantis wants to ban abortions at six weeks that's it yeah and 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 trump doesn't really care because trump believes in nothing so that's it and he's going to think that a xerox of a xerox of a xerox is going to drive 81 million people out to vote for him i i I, i just don't see it happening even if he gets the nomination at this point between roe v wade Uh, And Donald Trump doing all of Joe Biden's oppo research for him. I I, they're going to get this old man reelected.
3: Yeah, um, well, that's the thing. Ron DeSantis is sort of like a vulture who's just circling around Donald Trump's head. That's kind of what's going on. And he's there solely if Donald Trump ends up either going to prison or ends up with some sort of health scare. And uh, so if that happens, one of those two things happens. Uh, Or if Donald Trump just decides, oh, you know what, this is awful, I'm going to get out of this, but I don't think he'll do that. But regardless, any way that Donald Trump ends up leaving the campaign, that's when Ron DeSantis steps in. That's why he's here. He's the backup plan. And that's a terrible, terrible backup plan, by the way, Republicans. I'm just saying, if I were to set up a backup plan for someone who could jump in if something happens to Donald Trump, wouldn't be Ron DeSantis, I could tell you that, because irrespective of what the polls are saying now he's got, he would lose badly to Joe Biden in a in a head to head race in the general election for sure Bob, if Trump
0: did drop out, because, again, he's going to have to show up for court for his trial in New York City for the first day on March 25th, 20 days after Super Tuesday. (laughs) Um, And again, Fonnie Willis is probably going to indict him later this summer. And it looks very likely that Jack Smith will be levying some kind of indictment because of the Mm -hmm. uh, Mar-a-Lago documents case. If Trump does flame out. Um, and I don't see it happening. I think Trump's going to fundraise off of all his own criminality. But if he did, mm-hmm. who could this party run if not the that could beat Joe Biden? Who have they got on their? We all we all talk about who who's on the Democratic bench that that could do it. I mean, Gavin Newsom, yeah. Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar. But really, who who do the Republicans have that could beat Joe Biden?
3: No one really. I I've always been worried about people like Christy Nome and Kerry Lake and Nikki Haley. I think that is. Uh, a possibility that I think the Republicans may look at as an alternative, the idea of trying to steal away some of the women votes from the Democrats, given the fact that they've repealed Roe v. Or they've overturned Roe v. Wade. They're passing all of these horrendous anti-abortion laws in all of the red states. So the only way they can pick up women votes again is to actually run a woman. And so maybe that's a possible alternative. If Donald Trump's not there and Ron DeSantis fizzles out, like I've been predicting, he will be. And so uh, in that respect, uh, yeah, I think uh, maybe a woman. So Carrie Lake's ready. Carrie Lake is so ready, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie Lake is ready. But I don't think it's going to work because ultimately, and obviously, the Republican Party will rally around whoever the candidate is, but they're not going to have that level of electricity and enthusiasm that they had around Donald Trump. I would wager that whoever the nominee is, the Republican nominee in 2024, if it's not Donald Trump, will probably get fewer votes than Donald Trump got in 2020. I think well, that's no, a no fair matter, prediction no matter
0: what. I think there's a good chance Joe Biden gets fewer votes than Trump got in 2020 and
3: still wins. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, just speaking of that, just as a side note, Minnesota just approved. It's uh, uh, oh, what are they calling it now? I, I go to mention it now. I don't remember what the program is called. They're trying to get around the or they're trying to eliminate the Electoral College. And yes. so what they're or the it's I think it's the national popular vote. And so yes. Minnesota just approved that. And so we're getting really close. I think we're now into the two hundreds now, as far as the electoral vote count of states that are now going to. Hand over their electoral votes based on the national popular vote, but they have to get to 270 in order for that to be effective. First and foremost, so but Minnesota has just joined the club as far as that goes. So that's a uh, that's all good news. So I, as far as Donald Trump and uh, 2024, uh, anyone who steps in in his place is just not going to have the same uh, energy. He's they're not going to be able to develop the same kind of following and 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 rabid activism that donald trump was able to uh, generate with all of his
0: ridiculousness correct absolutely bob um we are at 866-997-4748 we invite you guys to join the conversation uh listen when it comes to trump we got to talk about his lawyers and the only lawyer i want to talk about is evan corcoran who was forced (laughs) to testify against his client for fonnie willis who has clearly given jack smith a hell of a timeline about when he was lied to by trump when trump sent him down to his basement to find these documents and as you know, Bob, the, the the surveillance cameras in Mar-a-Lago already document that Trump sent his butler down to retrieve documents he didn't want Evan Corcoran to take. Uh, yeah. It's potentially huge. But the lawyers in the news today are these two guys who wrote a letter that seems like Donald Trump wrote it because it seems like an eight year old wrote it to send to Merrick Garland um, <laughs> saying that you're not mean enough to Hunter Biden and we demand a meeting. Uh, wh- what is your take on this? I. Honestly, I literally thought Trump wrote it and got his lawyers to put their names on it.
3: Oh, he absolutely wrote it. I mean, he didn't sit down and write it He, he that he pretends to do for photo ops. In fact, he, Donald Trump has a special writing face that he makes when whenever he's pretending to write something, lots of pictures. You can go and Google it whenever when it looks like he's trying to write something. He's got this weird fake smirk on his face. I don't know what that is, but that's what he does anyway. So I'm pretty sure he dictated this letter to his attorneys. Because he's so freaked out, this is this letter is 100% Donald Trump panicking about what's going to happen with the Mar-a-Lago classified documents investigation. He found out something internally that maybe we don't know about yet that has really set him off. In fact, I, I'd hate to be around Mar-a-Lago yesterday. I think the Mar-a-Lago catch-up alert level was somewhere around catastrophic. Because, yeah, there's probably lots of uh, lots of ketchup stains all over his uh, his suite at Mar-a-Lago. Um, I mean, I, mean, he's I don't begging, know what that could be. He's begging Obviously. Merrick Garland to stop Jack Smith. He's begging him in this letter. To st- he, he He's alternately yeah. threatening him, playing victim and begging him to not do it. Right. Right. Which is which is funny, because now he wants an audience with Merrick Garland after he spent the last two years. Screaming about how corrupt and awful Merrick Garland is, and subsequently Jack Smith, everyone who's investigating him, the FBI, the Department of Justice. Oh, and now, now he wants to have a sit down to talk about these charges. You think Merrick Garland's going to say, "Well, sure, okay, you've been a nice guy, you've played on the level. Come on up, and we'll we'll have a uh, we'll have a cup of coffee and talk yeah. about that." No, absolutely not. This is not going to happen. And if it Weeks does, I would be. Yeah. If it does, nothing will come of it. But I seriously doubt Merrick Garland would entertain any kind of idea like this, especially given the way he's been treated.
0: Yeah. It also seems like the prosecutors have been at this for such a long time that it's a bit late in the game to get on your knees and beg them to go another route. You know, it just seems like he's very scared and it seems like it's going to be a long summer. And I hate to say it, but it does seem like this could be why Ron DeSantis is not in a 100 percent terrible mood when he goes to bed tonight.
3: Yeah. You know what? There's always that possibility. But I don't know that Donald Trump would necessarily drop out of the race if he was suddenly under federal indictment for obstruction Mm -hmm. of justice or espionage or what have you. Because now the Espionage Act is back on the table, by the way, with the Mar-a-Lago document situation. Oh, yeah. So given that... I don't think it really even matters. I don't think Donald Trump, in fact, Donald Trump's poll numbers may go up a little bit if he if he gets indicted. I, I don't think this is good news for Ron DeSantis. I think the only good news for Ron DeSantis would be Donald Trump's Widowmaker artery, something like that happening. Yes. I'm not saying that it's going to. I'm not wishing for it, but I'm saying that maybe Ron DeSantis is wishing for it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Bob um our right wing friends are uh, a little unhappy this week. All of the Nazis and incels and uh winged monkeys of fascism are uh they have a bit <laughs> of a sad. It turns out that Fox News is run like a modern American corporation and has an employee handbook where uh they try to protect any employees who might be transgender, because that's what regular corporations do in America in this century. I, I I swear to God, it's like these guys are so angry. You'd think they just found out that Tucker really had his vaccine.
3: Yeah, right. Yeah, if uh, we were sitting here three weeks ago and I had said to you, John, that Fox News would be joining Disney and Bud Light and Miller Lite and Target as the uh, as the focus of this red hat jihad this red hat holy war against trans people and drag shows and the lgbtq community you'd say oh bob you're being you're talking crazy talk now But here it is. Their employee handbook is one of the most woke things that I think I've ever read. It's not. It's not. It's It's basic
0: professionalism. It's not because Fox News News cares about transgender people. It's because it's a major corporation with a decent H.R. department that knows you don't need any liability because there's discrimination against the protected class. It's not woke at all. It's just good capitalism. And that's what pisses off these Nazi incels.
3: Of course, but the the people who are engaged in this holy war are certainly seeing it as woke and perverted yes. and you know the, the 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 other target, in fact, this may defer some of the uh some of the rage away from Fox News, the fact that they've started to go after Target today or today or the last couple That's of right. days, I'm not sure the timeline. but uh I think Candace Owens was on her ridiculous show today saying that if you if you shop at Target, you are gay and a pervert. I mean, that is almost a direct quote of what she said. That's on not true, her right,
0: Bob? That's that's not true, right? That's not true.
3: No, I I don't think it's true. I think it, no, I
0: don't think it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I've shopped at Target. Many. I'm a pervert, but I don't think I'm gay. I keep trying, but I'm not good at it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just the same old bullshit. And it's like mm-hmm. it's like the more Fox News is revealed as just being a decent corporation that treats its workers okay, it's still very evil, but they treat their workers okay. And yeah. that is a line too far for the Matt Walsh's of the 4chan cesspool that is Twitter.
3: OK, yeah, th- that's absolutely true. And all Fox News is talking about is gender inclusion. You, you This is safe here. It's fine. Yeah. And here <laughs> they even listed here, uh, citing the human rights campaign, which is one of the most prominent LGBTQ organizations in the entire country. Mm-hmm. The Fox handbook defines a, a whole bunch of LGBTQ terms like cisgender gender expression gender fluid gender identity gender non-conforming gender transition lgbtq non-binary and transgender these are all things I'm quoting directly <laughs> the Fox News employee wow. handbook. Have I mentioned again, John, that it is the Fox News employee <laughs> handbook? Because that's what it is. Yeah. Employees oh who are God. transitioning their gender have the right to be open about their transition if they so choose and to work in an environment free of harassment, discrimination, or retaliation and without fear of consequences or tragedy. What about Jesus? What about
0: baby Jesus? <laughs> oh, these. that's right
3: you know you could almost call fox news's uh gender inclusion policy gender affirming care in a sense (laughs) because they care and it's gender affirming so therefore (laughs) fox news is engaged in gender affirming care see what i'm doing here john is i'm trolling them this is and you know what it doesn't take that much effort because already They have started targeting Fox News Channel. Matt Walsh was screaming about Fox News Channel on Twitter. uh, I think it was earlier today. So this is this is great. I'm just uh, again, pop all the popcorn and get ready because Fox News and and, well here in all seriousness, this is my one major concern about this and the overall climate at Fox News Channel and the fact that Donald Trump has been attacking them as well. And that is that. And maybe I'll just ask you, John, do you think that emerging from being attacked by Trump, being attacked by the Daily Wire podcasters and all of this, do you think this is going to make Fox News more extreme or less
0: extreme? Oh, it'll make it more extreme. and I. But I also oh, think yes, the, the numbers are going to come back. I mean, the, the yeah. ratings will come back. I don't know about CNN, but Fox, is, Fox will bounce back.
3: Right. Yes. And I absolutely agree with that assessment. And that's probably not good news. A, a more extreme Fox News. I guess we're just talking about degrees here. A couple of turns of the dial. I mean, ultimately, extreme versus super extreme. Is that not not that much of a difference? But
0: they're going to further radicalize yeah. racist old people headed towards death. That's all. It, it, that's right. it just means the hospices will be a bit meaner. That's that's yeah. what Fox
4: News is going
0: to do. <laughs> can I? Can yeah, I. And can, I, can yeah. I shift, Bob? Because I, w- I would be most sure. remiss if I didn't ask you about everyone's least favorite reboot of the season, and that would be the debt ceiling crisis that I'm so sick of and had it with both parties. Uh, they met for four hours today. And as you know, um, Democrats are worried that Biden might give up too much. They're trying to assert themselves as a key voting block for any deal to pass. All 213 Democrats have signed on to a discharge position that would just force the House to vote on a clean debt ceiling increase if five Republicans came over. When is this going to end, Bob? When's it going to be done?
3: I think it's going to be done when Joe Biden invokes the 14th Amendment and dares the courts to stop him. I think, you think that's, an, you think that's he's a, going a, to do it. I think it's a distinct possibility. I think that at the very least, he wants Kevin McCarthy to believe that he will do it. I think this the fact that we're all talking about this right now and the Progressive Caucus and Elizabeth Warren issued that letter. Uh, uh, encouraging him to do that. This is all strategic. This tells Kevin McCarthy, hey, you know what? We're going to sit here and we're going to say no to your demands. You know why? Because ultimately, we've got this card up our sleeve and we're willing to play this card if you don't play ball on the level with us. And so in that regard, great. So ultimately, what we're looking at with these negotiations is, well, Kevin, you, you better give me what I want here. And so... Joe Biden's in a position where he can just sit there in the Oval Office with Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell and go, no, 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 no. Try to try to stop me from using the 14th Amendment. And then the the other side to that. And uh, there's a uh, an analyst who's on MSNBC a lot. His name is Richard Haas. He's been on there for years. He's Mm -hmm. a respectable guy. He's a good guy. Yeah. But uh, he tweeted something the other day about the 14th Amendment that I completely disagreed with. And he was warning that if Joe Biden uses the 14th Amendment, some future Republican candidate, some future Republican president will then also use the 14th Amendment when it comes to the debt ceiling. And my reaction to that was <laughs> great. Fine. Fine.
0: Get Democrats rid of- will be being dicks, threatening the world as its own hostage. Bob, we're out of time. Right. What's the best way to follow you on the social, sir?
3: Oh, yes. Uh, brand new podcast coming up in June. It's called Trek Politics with me and Mary Trump. We're going to be talking nice. about the political aspects of Star Trek wow. at Trek Politics on Twitter at Trek Politics on Instagram.
0: I can't wait yeah. to have the both of you wanted to get there to talk about that. You just made my week, Bob. Thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Quick break. We'll be right back with your calls. I promise this is progress. I'm John Fugelsang. this is SiriusXM Progress, we're at 866-997-4748, 997 grid Hey, you know what? Uh, we're going to get to all your calls, but right now, guess who's on the phone? It is our good friend, Brian Caram. I'm always happy anytime we can sucker Brian into coming on our show. Uh, I think he's one of the best journalists in the game right now. He's also a hero for free speech, and that's why uh, he wasn't on stage with Ron DeSantis. Brian's an award winning investigative reporter. He's a former correspondent for America's Most Wanted. He was the first American reporter allowed inside Pablo Escobar's prison after Escobar's escape from Colombian authorities. One of the first reporters to enter Kuwait City during the first Gulf War, he was given the National Press Club's Freedom of the Press Award after he was jailed for protecting a confidential source. And his podcast is called Just Ask the Question, and it's excellent. Folks, when this man was with Playboy, he was the bane of Donald Trump's press room existence. Welcome back, the great Brian Karam. Hello, sir. Hey, John, I'm going to have to have you write my bio. <laughs> <laughs> Your bio is pretty impressive, man. It's good to see you. i, I I'm good to sure see you. you have, Lots of thoughts on what we almost witnessed tonight. I was sitting there, Brian. I was logged on. I was trying to remember what Twitter spaces was. My child was bewildered. I I, I really tried to show up and just pretend I cared about these people.
2: Well, it's hard to care about him, isn't it? <laughs> At the end yes. of the day, Ron DeSantis, you know, you got to give Donald Trump this. He came up with the, the term Ron DeSanctimonious and. By God, yeah. that's pretty much what he is. You got to give Honestly, him credit for that. Honestly,
0: I hate complimenting Trump about Ron DeSantis. The, the, the worst thing about that is that Stephen Miller probably thought it up and I have to compliment him now. It's so painful, yeah. but it's it's fair. It's correct. And uh, I, I do like Tiny D. Got to be honest. Tiny D is drunk <laughs> on that.
2: Well, this, I, I'm still trying to figure out the strategy for Ron DeSantis. He It, it would be, I guess, that what he's banking on is that Donald Trump won't be there that's it yeah that, that, and that he'll he'll be the heir apparent because yes. this is the only this is the only time he can really run if donald trump is the uh the nominee and loses the the republican party will pivot away from trumpism finally i mean that's mm. the that's the speculation so that would leave ron de out in the cold he wouldn't be able to run again so what he's got to be hoping i mean you get it why tim scott is running you understand why Nikki haley's running to put their name vice out there president. or to run for vice president. But with DeSantis, it doesn't much it doesn't figure. But a lot of this guy doesn't figure. And I got to tell you, John, it's it's uh, it's going to be an interesting the next year is going to be very interesting for all of us. Yeah, I, I
0: agree. And it's going to be a very strange year as well. But I do think Ron's playing a game of survivor against Trump and he's just going to try to outlast. That's the whole thing. Bonnie yeah. Willis will certainly indict him again this summer. Uh, everything we're hearing about the Jack Smith investigation and lawyer Everett Carcran and what he's turned over and what Trump's lawyers, uh, what Trump's butler did on tape, moving documents around so his own lawyer couldn't find them to return them. This guy's going to be indicted even more. But, you know, Brian, if, if Ron DeSantis was a smart guy, he, he would probably, you know, he, he came out and almost he almost had a smart argument the other day. He said, if I'm president and elected to a second term, I will get to replace uh, two Supreme Court justices. And I thought, OK, the smart argument there is to come out and say, hey, Donald Trump can only serve one term if he's reelected. If, you, if he can only serve one term, I can serve two. I can be there eight years. That would be smart. But by coming out and saying, well, if I'm in there for eight years, I can elect, I, I can name two more justices. That just says to me, hey, uh, if Joe Biden's there, he can bring back Roe v. Wade. Like, I just, <laughs> he just well, can't the,
2: get the, it. The codicil to what you just said, the important, the important little part of what you said is if he were smart. Yeah. <laughs> that's, and that's not what you get from Ron DeSantis, but that's not what you get from the Republican Party these days. And it's, um, it, it it's, it's what frightens me most is that the current administration is not very good at communicating what it does and it yeah. and and it has a huge problem with communications and meanwhile trump is sucking up all the oxygen in the room and so is all the right i mean to say you're we're all paying attention to them instead of paying attention to what's actually going on yeah. and that benefits the republicans And I blame the Democrats for it because they they are so horrible with messaging. I've never seen I I, honest to God, I've never seen an administration so inept at at messaging when they've done so many things that are so good. I completely
0: agree. I'm really tired of trying to convince people of things that the White House doesn't have the wherewithal to convince them of. I mean, it's just just rattling off his achievements. The guy's achieved so much. Any historian you talk to is astonished. They're comparing this to Reagan's first couple of years. They're comparing it to LBJ. I mean, yes, he's failed at a lot of things he wanted to do. But the amount of stuff that man's trying to do and the amount of reform he's done. I mean, he's 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 already done more than Clinton or Obama did in the first two years. And yet no one knows it. And the polls are showing even Democrats don't know
2: it. Brian, Democrats don't know it. What I know from traveling across the country three times in the last year alone is that this demo- this Democratic administration be- should be saying two things right now. You've got a job because of the infrastructure bill. That's keeping yeah. the economy afloat. And it's huge. There are people in these red states that are working and wouldn't be. Then number two, and most importantly, a woman's right to choose what, 75%, 80% of the people? If you just hammered those two issues, jobs, food on the plate, and the right to choose, th- that w- would be all it would take. But they can't do it. They can, it, it's, it's annoying to me to have to ask them constantly to talk about what they're doing, and they think that, well, we've done it, we don't have to talk about it. Well, yeah, you do, because Donald Trump and the MAGA people are out there preaching non-facts, you know, alternative facts. Every day. And they that's and right. they will put people on the Sunday shows. They'll put people on the talk shows. They'll put people. Trump will come out. He'll tweet. I can't get any of that out of the president when he's actually doing things that matter for the American people. And that's very frustrating.
0: In, in, indeed. I mean, if you were advising this White House, what would you say? You know, it's like th- there's so many great chances to push back against the ageism, against the disinformation. I, I'm I'm waiting for them to do it. I argue against ageism better than anyone in this White House.
2: Yeah. Well, look, this current um, issue with the the debt ceiling highlights the greatest problem that this administration has. Kevin McCarthy came out after a meeting with the president and BS'd us for 15 yeah, minutes. Sure did. And gas lit us. We didn't push back. That's our fault. We have very young reporters at the White House. They're not doing their job. That's a given. However, the president of the United States has the bully pulpit. More importantly, he's got the Brady uh, briefing room. 49 seats, hardwired to go live at any moment, walk 60 feet out of his office, stand in that Brady briefing room and tell us what's going on. If this is, if this issue is as dangerous to this economy as and is as dire as they've painted it, why aren't you out there in the Brady briefing room preaching what you've done and how come it's the, Re- the Republicans fault? At the end of the day, if something goes south, it's all on Joe Biden. It's totally true. He has true. not spoken to us. It's totally true. And, you know, I, I, a part
0: of me feels like in the beginning I was hip to Joe Biden's negotiating here by saying we're not negotiating. We're going to raise the debt ceiling clean. We're negotiating next year's budget. I was like, good for you, old man. Don't fuck around with this. They raised it 18 times for Reagan, seven times for Donald right. three times for Trump. Good for you. Don't play the game. Just come on out there and be assertive and just control the narrative. That has slipped away. And now we've already seen this White House agree in theory to so many concessions, they have to worry about a Democratic revolt. I mean, when you hear that the White House is privately telling Democrats in the House and Senate that the 14th Amendment's never going to happen, they're either very, very confident or no one's holding the reins.
2: Well, and it might be both. Look, the president and both the president and Mitch McConnell said the exact same thing after they came out of the meeting the other day. Uh, the president said, we are not going to default on our debt. We are going to do this. Mitch McConnell came out and said, we're not going to default on debt. We know it and they know it. So what are we yeah. doing? This is all is this all political theater? Yes, because Kevin McCarthy is being and the president pointed that out as well. He's being held hostage by the Marjorie Taylor Greens and the, and the extreme right, you know, of his party. One person, because they change the rules, one person can oust. The Speaker of the House. That's it. Right. That's it. That's that's, that's,
0: not because they because Kevin McCarthy is so weak. He had to agree to give a bullet with his name on it to every member of the House.
2: Go ahead. So that's it. And that's what we're dealing with. So at the end of the day, it's going to be Mitch McConnell is going to broker the deal. The president's going to sign on to it. And McCarthy will probably survive this, but may not but he won't survive the next one because he'll have to make concessions that the far right won't like.
0: So what's McCarthy more afraid of? The donors? Losing his job. What's he more afraid of? The donors bailing on him or the Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert's bailing on him?
2: I think he's what's more he, afraid of the donors. I, I think he's more afraid of losing his job. Uh, the donors, no, well, sure. I think he can get, but the, the, the people that will keep him in his job, that's what he's wanted his whole life. And if you saw his speech when he got when he got the job, I was like, I, I have seen better speeches out of sixth graders. This guy, you know, he was referring to he was referring to Lincoln and the Civil War as if he had witnessed it himself. And then he came <laughs> at, you know, we remember when we did this. No, you don't remember it. You weren't around, either were I. No, I wasn't. It's it's BS. He's horrible. He's a horrible speaker, and he's a horrible public speaker, and he's horrible yeah. speaker of the house, and he's very weak. And so Indeed. that's what that's what we're looking at is Political theater. But the danger is that they do run into uh, a, a a stone wall they can't break through. And at that yeah. point, if there is default on this debt, you're going to see both of them will, will suffer the consequences of this. And the Republicans don't care. They don't care. They just want Biden gone. If it takes burning the country down to do it, they're fine with that because they mm-hmm. want yeah, but their wall guy Street in. Does,
0: Wall Street doesn't like this shit. Wall Street doesn't know,
2: like that. and that's but you got to understand Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Bobert, those people they don't know Wall Street from Backstreet. these they they're, they're morons. we're dealing with people that are you know like like they Cleavon little said, you know, the modern clay of the New West. You know, yeah. I mean,
0: they went home. They, they met for four hours at the White House today, the negotiators and the Republican leadership has told the members they can go home for Memorial Day weekend, but they have to be on 24 hours notice to get back to D.C. if a deal is reached. I mean, we're getting closer. June is next week. Like like Janet yeah. Yellen is hiding on top of her desk. And I got to ask you, uh, 14th Amendment. I mean, where do we stand? Like Joe Biden has been acting like a guy who has two tools in his pocket, the 14th Amendment and minting a trillion dollar coin. And of course, you know, it's it's very legal and it would be perfect to use against a modern Confederacy. Um, It's there to protect us literally from the Confederates. (laughs) Do you think there's a (laughs) a chance that it'll happen?
2: Yeah, I do. Uh, But I also think that in the end, they'll reach a deal because at at the end, I don't think either one of them really want to go over that precipice. I know Mitch McConnell doesn't. Yeah. I know that he would very much. Now he said, "I'll sign on to whatever deal they make." He's making the deal. He's he's the one that's got to make the deal because Kevin McCarthy doesn't even understand how to spell deal. So it's yeah. it's going to fall <laughs> upon Mitch McConnell to make the deal. The two deal makers in government right now with the most experience doing it are Joe Biden and Mitch McConnell. You're right, and if, and they'll find a way. And McCarthy's yeah. going to have to sign on to it. And if he doesn't it'll be his butt
0: yeah he there are human appendixes that actually do more in a day
2: (laughs) than kevin mccarthy
0: um I'm just so sick of it, Brian. It's been a while since you've been with us, and I want to ask you about the shifting tones at uh, cable news. You have Tucker now gone from Fox, um, and we're—I I, I live in this fantasy world where Yay. Rupert will just keep on. Rupert's going to keep releasing more and more embarrassing details every time Tucker opens his mouth. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Chris Licht is doing everything he can to turn CNN to a four chan toilet. Um, their ratings have gone down so—I mean, it's, it's demonstrable. Both Fox's ratings have gone down since they lost Tucker. And CNN's ratings have gone down since they lost credibility and allowed a racist, petulant manchild to scream on their airways for an hour. Anderson Cooper came in fourth place behind Newsmax last Friday night. What's going on, Mr. Carrick? Is this going (laughs) to stay this way or or is it going to bounce back to, you know?
2: I don't know that it bounces back. I think there's a shift, a dynamic shift in how we take in our news. I can and have tweeted out video from the White House and gotten three or four million views before the CNNs or the ABCs or anybody else can edit their video, put it on a show and and make it go. So that's the future is streaming. The future is where you are. The future is not with the cable news networks. And that's their own fault because they did have credibility that they've lost and getting when it was back this
0: when i'm sorry when when was this
2: Oh, i don't know back in the very early days <laughs> i was gonna say
0: like pre Iraq war we're talking right like
2: yeah, yeah i'm talking about in the 80s 86 80 okay. Okay, okay yeah well
0: bernie yeah. shaw golden t- great times yeah. with bernie shaw yeah. yes
2: <laughs> um so, you know, the, the space shuttle remember when it blew up that was cnn that covered it wallpaper you know they wallpapered they they made their yeah, reputation on that and but that was it, it,
0: but isn't that how it's I mean, I am I was just a kid back then, but it seems like back then um cable news was not about completely being ratings driven. I know it's always mattered, but it doesn't seem like, you know, the ratings were guiding the programming the way. Well, it is now.
2: ratings were guiding the programming, but the programming was was news. And so it was within the confines of of broadcasting news. And today, don't. Don't mistake these panel shows for news shows. This is cheap entertainment. It costs a little bit more money to go out and actually do the news. You have to have a producer and a writer and a photographer and a reporter. With talking heads, you got one anchor that you pay money to. The airwaves are there, and you put people on. Usually, don't pay them. Some of them mm-hmm. are paid. You know, I was one of those that was paid. You know, that be in you sit and argue for five minutes. I've been minutes, paid. I've been, I've been paid by anything. a few of them. Yeah,
0: I've been. Yeah. I, I used to. I used to go fight Will Cain every morning on CNN for a year.
2: <laughs> yeah. So you know what it's about. It's a. It's it's just cheap entertainment. No, no news is spread. No, nothing is settled. Everybody gets in a pithy sound bite. We move on to the next, you know, load of garbage. So that's, that's the problem. And yeah. they haven't gotten out of that for a while because they don't want to invest in the product. Look, doing news costs money more than they want to spend. It's not as, as costly as an hour of a fictional program, you know, dramatic programming, you know, but it does cost. And to, have a producer and an investigator out doing that type of work takes time as well. So you have to have more than one person doing it. It's, yes. it's, it's so much easier to just put an anchor on the desk and argue for five minutes.
0: But you know what? I, I I also just think you can deliver the same damn information everyone else is delivering and find entertaining ways to do it that don't involve the puppet on the right and the puppet on the left fighting all the time. I mean, you, you know You're what I'm talking about. You're preaching to the about. choir, brother. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, no. And you've been in this game for a while. I mean, yeah, you know, well, I'm just, still 19. <laughs> of course you are. But like, this is what I've noticed in my life. And I'm only 22. But, you know, the, when, we, when we're watching all these channels always try to get a toehold on viewers by tacking to the right—that's how MSNBC began. They put Michael Savage right. on the air every night. Every ten years or so, CNN tries to do it. Let's not forget it's CNN that first put Glenn Beck on the air. They, they keep trying to go to the right and, and it fails, and then they go mainstream again. And let's be honest, our friends over at News Nation are engaged in a similar practice right now as they try to begin their fledgling network. And we wish them the best of luck. Um, this is going to fail. It's not going right. to deliver the kind of numbers that Malone is demanding of Chris Licht, and CNN's going to have to pull back and go back to centrism because right wing shit. It's not when you're being beaten by Newsmax, you're not going to be able to out fascist
2: them. No, and and it's not about what they don't understand. And this is because our our industry, journalism, has failed dramatically over the last twenty or thirty years. We have very few people in it that understand what it actually is. It's not a ploy to get the right or the left or the centrist. It's just vetted factual information. The reason why people turned into Walter Cronkite and the reason why the Huntley Brinkley report and all of those things did as well as they did. Was because they stuck to vetted factual information, and yes. we left it up to the people who watched us to determine what the truth was. We didn't try to tell you, you know, like in Indiana Jones, truth. That's the guy that's, you know, it's philosophy. Two doors down. This yeah. is vetted facts, and that's what we have to do: is present vetted factual information and let our audience decide based on shared, vetted, factual information, what those facts mean. Now, people are gonna agree or disagree, but when you're presenting facts and you're, sl- I can't read anything today, including the New York Times, where someone's opinion isn't in a news piece. And it frustrates yeah. the living crap out of me, excuse my foul language, because I I, I you know, I, I grew up different. And if I'm yeah. gonna tell you an opinion, I'll give you the opinion, I'll label it an opinion. Otherwise, if it's supposed to be news, then it should be vetted. It should be factual and it should be devoid of my opinion. But it's always been that way, Brian,
0: don't you think? I mean, it was always the white male heterosexual opinion in our media for centuries. I mean, it's always been that kind of bias, unconscious or not, in most of our news. Yet we can try to be better. But that element has always been there. Well, in our national
2: news, yes. yeah, Yeah. I don't disagree. But in. And the big problem is there's no community news. There's no local yeah. news. Newspapers that's right. died. That's where that's where diversity. And it was, you know, I, I'm i sorry. It was the Washington Post uh, itself that said, you know, it a uh, uh, Bagdikian who said, look, if you want di- diversity in news, you have to have diversity of ownership. And we don't yeah. have that.
0: That's correct. That is so correct, Brian Carum. It has been way too long. It's so good to have you back on our show. What's That's always a on
2: pleasure. Your, what's next on your radar?
0: What are you What are you looking at for the week to come?
2: Uh, I'm looking at this damn debt ceiling to, to take care of itself, oh. and I, I'm bogged down with that until you know. And I have a column out tomorrow in Salon where we talk about some of the things you and I just talked about, as far Brilliant. as the, uh, the administration's inability to communicate. And it's a very frustrating thing. So that's going on. And uh, then on the uh, podcast, we just had a a buddy of yours, Hal Sparks.
0: I just saw Uh, Hal was on your on your show. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, just ask the question. What is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you, Mister
2: Caram, and keep up with all your many doings? It's at Brian Caram on Twitter. Uh, Just ask the question is the podcast. The name of the book is Free the Press, wherever fine books are sold. (laughs) And then you can always catch or wherever fine books aren't sold. And then you can always catch me a weekly column on the White House uh, at Salon.com. Thank
0: you so much, Brian Karam. I'm going to be on the road touring with Hal Sparks all next year. We're going to finally get you said. off to a damn show. We're going to finally get you to come see us in D.C., man. What's going to happen.
2: I'm, I'm, well, I'm in L.A. right now. I'll be in D.C. We're going to get soon. you to come
0: see us in L.A. and D.C. next year. Right there you go. Now. I'm in. All right. Thank you, sir. Oh, I'm already announcing dates that aren't on sale yet. Brian Karam, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Have a great one. We're going to take a very quick break. We'll be right back and get to your calls. And more importantly, I'll be thanking you for waiting on hold for so damn long. Y'all are amazing. We'll be right back.
4: slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month.
5: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: I'm John Fiegel saying this is SiriusXM Progress. Some of you guys have been on hold for a long time. Let's fix that right now and let me thank you for it. John in Kansas City, my gratitude for your patience. Welcome, you're on SiriusXM.
7: Well, thank you for taking my call. and I- Yes, sir. I appreciate your tribute to Tina Turner. She is the queen of rock and roll, and I'm quite sure Aretha Franklin is sitting in the audience in heaven waiting for her concert.
0: You're right. Aretha was the queen of soul, but Tina has always been the queen of rock. I don't know who comes close to her.
7: Very much so. Well, one reason why I called you is, is how you... I've been listening to you for for a while, and how do you pull out the hypocrisy of religion, pretty much? <laughs> and a, fun, a
0: fundamentalist religion. I, I, I like nice religious people. After fundamentalists, yeah.
7: Exactly, exactly. And it doesn't matter what fundamentalist religion. It's all the same. It's all the same. And this is my first time calling you. So I'm once honored. again, thank you for taking my call. Thank but you. two things that have caught my hypocrisy of grooming, as please. you
0: mentioned, please
7: is one is from Chicago, from this diocese. Yeah, where there are over two thousand children,
0: Horrendous.
4: and
7: about two weeks ago, another diocese. I think it was in the West Coast somewhere, but the one that really caught my attention is the one where the pope is sending an emissary to I think it is Bolivia. Mhm. It's not just a city, it's the whole damn country. Yeah. Right? So Yeah. Right. So this is like the hypocrisy of uh, of the churches. Like I said, not, I'm not trying to pick any just one religion because evangelical religions have this problem also
0: they sure do the baptists sure have it i mean it's 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 not just the catholics anymore and you know it's it's it makes me crazy because all right on a religious level right if it was just the church having these men commit these atrocities against these children and the church realized it and called the cops and tried to make it right You'd say, okay, that's a sin. You fucked up. It was terrible. Uh, You obviously felt bad and you tried to make it right. That's Christianity. Jesus said, I I didn't come for the good people. I came for the sinners. So I I get it. Uh, You have to forgive. You have to forgive. You have to try to at least be open in your heart to forgiveness. But see, the church didn't call the cops. The church didn't protect the children. The church moved these predators from parish to parish Like a bad cop gets moved from new precinct to new precinct where they could prey on more people, never actually stopping the problem, causing more pain for more kids. And to make it all worse, this is the same church that my entire life, and I have a lot of love for this church, but it's the same church my entire life has demonized gay people, demonized transgender people, demonized women who terminate pregnancies, demonized women who enjoy sexuality, demonized people who have divorced, demonized people who belong to other religions. We've seen the xenophobia of conservative Catholicism all over the place. And that makes me even more angry, even more angry, because it's not as simple as, oh, the church was sinning. No, the church was sinning and the church was grotesquely hypocritical when i see them screaming about these gay drag group where the guys dress up as nuns and they're acting like they're attacked i'm like excuse me motherfucker where were you when your church was raping people and you're angry because someone's making fun of your church you're angrier that someone's a a gay guy dressed as a nun that gets you angry enough to write an op-ed but not child rape for centuries so i'm with you completely you can You can be devoted to God or devoted to Jesus or whatever the religion of your choice is, and you can still call this bullshit out because your club should not be more important than justice itself.
7: Man, this is why I'm so glad I I called you for the first time because I've been saying this for a long time. I am so sick of this, the hypocrisy of religion. I don't believe in religion. I'm Mm -hmm. spiritual. That's my personal thing.
0: You're okay, in the growing majority, I think.
7: Really, it really, and 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 that is one thing that is not really brought up in the in the press. But so many people, I have no denomination. My denomination is God.
0: Right on. Yeah. You
7: understand what I'm saying?
0: I do. And this is why yep. this is why I think the largest growing religious group are people who were raised religious but now consider themselves spiritual. Not because they don't have a, a, a spiritual belief system, but because they're pissed off and disgusted by the hypocrisy of these men wearing dresses and funny hats.
7: Exactly. May I give you a personal story?
0: Please.
7: I used to do autopsies for a living.
0: Wow. Okay. You buried the lead. There's a fascinating job.
7: Uh, Yeah, very much so. And for me, one thing that got me out of it was doing those on children. I've seen what abuse parents can do. I've seen what guns can do. I've seen a lot of people go flatline in my life. So I really have a deep, precious calling for life. Mm. I wish that I'm calling out to the parents from to from Connecticut to Uvalde and many other places. Mm-hmm. They have to take the meaning of what Emmett Till's mother did. Yeah. If you want to change, you have to show what your children, what this did to them.
0: Yes. You have, you have to. to. You have to.
7: Because it's, it, what's that old saying? Out of sight, out of mind.
0: Yeah, exactly right. If you
7: don't see it, you know, if you don't with see you. it, it will make no sense to you.
0: You're right. and And so you know what? And it's so true. That, it, go ahead.
7: Really? Really? Because when that was shown, what Emmett Till's mother did, that's why the movie was made. I don't care about the movie. Uh-huh. But that actually showed people what the hell was actually done to this child.
0: Mm. Exactly right. This is why I always say if we put executions on TV, the death penalty would be illegal within two years. You yeah, know, they, they, they say if, if slaughterhouses had glass walls, we'd all be vegetarians. I'm completely with you on this. John, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing your experience. I can't imagine, I can't imagine just doing autopsies, what that would do to you, but doing them to children, I just, I, I, I applaud your humanity and your strength and that the fact that you still care about people so much after all that. Um, and I think you're exactly right on everything. You know, I I think we're not going to see a solution to the problems of guns, ripping our children to shreds until some parents demand the world sees what their children look like. Thank you, sir. Thank, thank you, sir. You. I hope you have a great evening, and thank you for waiting on hold. I really appreciate it. Call back any time. You you're good at this, man. Call us more often. I appreciate hearing from you. 866-997-4748. Let me go to Leonard in Washington. Leonard, to you as well. Thanks for your patience on hold. Welcome.
1: Hey, thank you. You know, you, you talked a little bit earlier about the debt ceiling, how yes, Kevin sir. McCarthy loves to play games. Mm-hmm. And basically, I just read an article today that said that uh, this so called standoff that's going on right now with the debt ceiling, he's yeah. now saying it's all, it's not his fault. Well, I've got news for him. All of this is his fault. Preach. And if basically, the Treasury Department runs out of money. Don't expect me or anybody else to have a Social Security check after June 1st because we're all going to start begging on the street. No thanks yeah. to him. That's right. And basically, not only is that, that going to happen, But 8 million people are going to be out of a job. And basically, that's not going to be fun. So that's why I think that Mr. Biden needs to go in there and tell Mr. McCarthy, stop playing games and let's get this deal done. I mean, no more screwing around.
0: Hmm. I'd love to see it happen. Unfortunately, playing games is all he can do. He can't actually take any action because he's got the donors on this side and he's got the right wing fascists in his party on this side and he's got history on top of him. And the guy is just not a leader. He's just a survivor. That's all he can do. And I I, I, look, no matter what, if this goes south, you're right. He will take the blame. This will not stick to Joe Biden, no matter how hard Fox News tries. McCarthy will own it and his own base will turn on him.
1: That's why I would like to see Mr. Biden, you know, do exactly what he needs to do. If he has to use the 14th Amendment, then this will teach Mr. B- uh, Mr. McCarthy a lesson. That means right on. don't screw around with a man like that. And I'm with you, man. that's what he's doing with, with Joe Biden right now. He is basically screwing with him. And that's, yeah. and that's something that we are not going to allow
0: preach. I love it. Completely agree. Let's see how it plays out. I, I, I'm not very optimistic. They're going to get it done over the weekend. I think it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be a last minute thing. They're going to give us all a heart attack. No one's going to enjoy their Memorial Day weekend. because they're going to be worried about this the whole time. And at the wow. end of the day, McCarthy will come along and they'll do something and Joe Biden will give up some little condition, some concession like COVID funds. So Kevin McCarthy can go back and brag and pretend to wave a scalp to Matt Gates and keep his job another week. That's what's going to happen. I don't see it going another way. Yeah. Oh yeah. And
1: basically, yeah. And basically, the whole and basically, that's what this whole thing hinges on. This hinges on Mr. McCarthy. But if Mr. McCarthy would rather play games, I would much rather have Mitch McConnell do a deal than Mr. McCarthy, because all he wants, all McCarthy wants to do, is just play games and basically, uh, just basically keep playing these games until one day he realizes. This is going to
0: be his fault. Yeah, because, again, he's caught in the middle and he doesn't have the strength to tell the fascist wing of his party that he's in charge and to sit down. And because he's a moron, he gave all of them, like I said before, a bullet with his name on it. And now anyone, Matt Gates, can just stand up and say, I call for a new speaker vote tomorrow. And he's going to he, and the irony will be McCarthy will need the Democrats to save him. My God, these people. Hey. Leonard, thank you so much for the call. Really appreciate hearing from you. you. We are at 866-997-4748, 866 997 grit To that whole debt ceiling point, I want to play this clip today. The reporters are in the press room asking Corrine Jean-Pierre to explain what it is that Biden wants in the GOP that he won't just cave to their endless spending cuts, punishing poor people with more poverty and yet increasing spending for the pentagon my god these reporters listen to how H- this woman doesn't pull her hair out give a listen
4: on the negotiations mccarthy has made very clear what republicans are asking for the white house has made clear where president biden is willing to meet them halfway but what concessions are the White House trying to get in this deal? In other words, yes. what are you going to get out of this deal other than raising the debt ceiling? So, look, a couple of things, and I've said this, I think I said this yesterday, the President said this on Sunday, uh, Not certainly not going to negotiate from here, but I'll lay out a couple of things that the President has been very clear. Uh, we put forward a proposal that cuts spending by uh, more than $1 trillion. That's on top of what the President put in his budget on March 9th, uh, which, is, uh, which is a three trillion dollar cut in deficit over 10 years and the president has made clear that uh, he and congressional Democrats cannot support devastating cuts that would slash uh, in law enforcement education and food assistance so we've been very clear on those pieces we've said this over and over again I'm just not going to get into specifics from here uh, beyond what the president laid out on Sunday
0: now, here's Corrine jean a few minutes later. They asked her to explain, hey, well, what's going to happen in June if, if we don't get a deal? What, 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 what's the worst thing that could happen? Here's Corrine Can Jean-Pierre.
4: you help Americans understand what will practically happen on X day? There will still be money left. What is the rate of the cash flow, and where will the money be prioritized? Um, whether it's uh, Medicaid checks, Social Security checks, what happens on that day? So, uh, as I've said, uh, look, um, look, that's not the as it, as you uh, speak to prior prioritization. Uh, that is not the plan. It is a, a recipe for economic catastrophe. Uh, it would throw the economy into chaos. Uh, so, just want to be really clear about this. The several. Uh, uh, the Secretary of Treasury uh, said and has said this as well that uh, prioritization is effectively a default. Uh, Stephen. Stephen. Um, Munchkin, Munchkin, uh, <laughs> Munchkin said, and I quote, that doesn't make sense. The government should honor all of its obligations and the debt limit should be raised. Jack Lou, I think prioritization is just default by another name. Uh, Timothy Geithner, prioritization is unworkable, harmful, and the world would recognize it as a first ever failure by a United States to meet its commitment. The only way to avoid this kind of economic disaster is for Congress to do its job. It's for Congress to act to prevent default, and that's going to be our focus. At
0: uh, I, 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 Munchkin, I mean, a part of me wants to just let it slide, Chris. Part of me wants I to let it slide.
3: I didn't catch that the first time around, and you didn't catch Stephen
0: honest. Munchkin. What did you think she was? What did you think she was talking about?
3: <laughs> I didn't catch it the, when I played. Listen to the clip earlier today. I didn't <laughs> Stephen Munchkin.
0: Stephen Munchkin. I mean, it's funny when you consider that, that Stephen Mnuchin's wife will probably call him that in her divorce petition but i mean i i steven
3: <laughs> munchkin you're gonna give me half of everything
0: oh it sounds like their foreplay words gross but yeah she called steve mnuchin and again look i i I, mm-hmm. I almost respect it like the best thing axel rose has done in the last 30 years was go into a flame war against steve mnuchin on twitter but who yeah uh who's steve mnuchin mnuchin you mean oh you no, mean I'm steven not. you mean steven munchkin steven Sorry. munchkin that's the <laughs>
3: He's the Dunkin' Donuts employee of the month, Stephen Munchkin, folks.
0: Um, meanwhile, here's here I want to play Kevin McCarthy. Uh, here he is speaking with a con man's confidence as he tells reporters, oh, he's, he's really quite agreeable on the debt ceiling. Listen to this man who knows there is no possible. Doctor Strange sees 14 million different storylines. No way this job ends well for him.
6: When have I ever said you have to agree to 100% of what I want? All I've ever said to the president from February 1st, let's talk. There's only a couple things I will not do, Mr. President. I will not raise taxes. Why? Because we are bringing more revenue in, even to the GDP. No, we're not. Not just to the 50-year average, but the history of America. Only two other times have we brought in 20% of the GDP, 1944 and 2000. I will not put a clean debt ceiling on the floor. Why? Because we've spent more than we've ever spent before, and we have the highest debt than we ever had before. I just don't think that's right. But, no, let me finish the question. And we have the highest debt because of Trump's tax cuts. But everything else is on the table. For 97 days, he wouldn't talk to me. So we passed a bill. We're not getting everything in our bill. I'm negotiating with the president. We passed a bill that raised the debt ceiling. If I did what you're saying, we wouldn't be talking, but I sit and I'm sitting and sending our negotiation team down with theirs who has their team is highly respected on both sides. Of the aisle. They know this house and Senate well, and I know together, and maybe you discounted me too. I didn't win speaker on the first vote. No. It took 15 rounds. Ah, and you know what? I think we're stronger for it and it's no. probably, we didn't solve this problem on the first negotiation, but it took us 97 days. I firmly believe that we'll be able to get there.
0: Again, these are the guys who were all about spend, 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 and cut taxes for the wealthy. Of all the debt this country has accrued in almost 250 years, 25% of that debt came in Donald Trump's four years in office. They always talk this way when there's a Democrat, And then once a Republican's in office, you know already, you listen to this channel, you know, they want it to crash so they can use it against Biden. They don't care about non-millionaires. My God. Let's go to Danny in the great state of Illinois. Danny, welcome. You're on SiriusXM. Go. Hey. The
7: other day, a friend of mine said he asked me, who's the wittiest writer of them all? I said, my friend, I'm glad you asked. You won't believe this magic act. I said it's Bob, and that was that. And we sang, Good
1: for
7: Bob. <laughs> Shakespeare <laughs> shouted, We've got a brand new bard. The song he penned wow. today. He's never okay. supposed to yell at you. Dylan feels encircled cosmic magical cards.
1: Everything good,
7: good for Bob. Mm-hmm. Good for Bob. Bob. Mm-hmm. John and Paul, hopefully, or two,
1: would have to climb or one or two mm-hmm. to get up to the sky like mm-hmm. some other Bob. Bob, Bob, Bob. <coughs> For I, I, oh, God,
7: God. A commercial break coming.
0: Good news for Bob.
1: Oh, we got commercial sign.
0: Yeah, we got to hit a commercial. Danny, is this live?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good job, Happy Danny. Birthday, Bobby. <clears throat>
0: That is amazing. That was amazing, Danny, and I know Bob can understand every word you said. I loved it. Happy 82nd to Bob. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. You woke me up tonight. That was my favorite call ever. Call back. Oh, already hung up. That was live, right? That wasn't holding up a yeah. thing to a no, tape. That was That, that was live that was, music. Yep, right here. It sounded much better than my rotary phone upstairs as well. It sounded great.